What's up, everybody? What is up? It is me once again, your girl, Black Glory, and we are on my podcast called From Princesses to Queens. And I'm super excited today. Today, we're talking some real talk. We're talking real issues, all that good stuff. Also, you know, we stay pretty, right, Toya? Of course. <laughs> yeah, so um, this is our only our second episode of this. So shout out to everybody that's going to tune in and watch the girls chop it up. We got some amazing guests today, great topics, all kind of stuff going on. So first off, I got my beautiful colleague and friend, Miss Latoya Howard. Hi, Toya. Hi, Keisha. How you doing, baby? Doing great. Thank you so much for asking. Um, everybody, I want y'all to know, I'm going to tell y'all a little bit about what what we're doing and then we we're gonna have toya come on in so i have recently um went through an academy training with a wonderful organization it is called raise up the fight for 15 campaign and basically this organization was started back in 2012 when over two or three hundred um fast food workers you know went on strike and demanded you know more money from um their corporations like mcdonald's McDonald's, KFC, Starbucks, all of those guys that's making billions and millions of dollars off of low-wage workers. So they got the courage and the strength, and they decided that they were doing all the hard work on the front lines, and they had enough of getting below minimum wage, um, getting paid when they're working really hard and they can't pay their bills, they can't pay for child care, they can't pay for medical care, or any of that stuff. So they decided that they were had enough and they needed to get, you know, their due diligence from these big corporations, and they walked the hell out on them. Um, and this organization uh, was formed. So me and Toya, we um, are so blessed that we have an opportunity to go through the training to become um, an organizer to help everyday people like, you know, ourselves who work every day, very hard, back hurt, um sick sometimes um broke down you know poor um but we still decide to pick you know our spirits up go in you know to the workplaces and give them our all we work diligently you know we want to get compensated so we decided to you know that we you know we wanted to be one of the organizers and the organizer basically has the job of telling people about a union forming union, and you know talking to people in the workplace about you know some of their issues and grievances and really trying to unite and form and you know ask or or per se demand that we get treated better. We get higher pay, we get benefits, we get all the things that we deserve um, as we are the workers who do the hardcore labor, um, you know, to keep these wealthy people, um, their business flourishing. Isn't that right, Toya? So go ahead and introduce yourself. Very much so. My name is Latoya. Um, as Keith said earlier, we are pretty much co-workers in this whole 5 for 15 thing. For me, it was a no-brainer. I have a 17-year-old son and a 16-year-old daughter, and I work two and sometimes even three jobs, and I still can't make ends meet. I still can't 
pay rent sometimes. It was hard for me to do a lot of things. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, why am I working two jobs or three jobs and I still can't make ends meet? I still can't go to football games. I can't do any of this stuff. So when the opportunity presented itself, for me, it was like, you know what? This is not even a question of why I would or wouldn't want to do this because there are women and men out there just like me trying to raise a family, trying to do things. And it's hard. You know, like like you said, you're, you're sick some days, you're not feeling it some days. Some days are our mental health days where you want to be able to scream and to cry and to get it together. And you can't because if you do, then you're going to get fired. There's no question about it. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You're not allowed to be human. So when, like I said, the, the situation presented itself for me to be able not to just better myself, but the people in my community, I jumped on it. It was not even a question. Wonderful, wonderful. So the main thing that people need to know in our audience is that a lot of the states um, have, you know, did this like we stated up north and they were victorious with bringing the minimum wage um, from seven or eight dollars an hour up to 15. Um, of course, it did take a lot of us organizing because you can't just go in and yell at state officials or go, um, you know, to the mayor and scream and right. yell. There's always, there's always a process and a lot of people aren't even aware of the process. And what you and I are doing is we're going out and we're educating the willow wage workers that yes, it, it can be done and it, it, it's not gonna get done tomorrow, but you don't know what you can get if you never even ask for it. Right. So in other words, a closed mouth never gets fed. But never. It <laughs> organized it cannot be that you're just gonna you know come out there and, or go to your boss and expect to have an attitude you know be pushy or whatever the case is. um and these things are just gonna miraculously take place but we have been taught that we have it's power in numbers that we have to be strategic and Absolutely. sort of like black lives matter or the civil rights movement you know, you have to, you know, organize, you have to have resources, you have to have finances, you have to have all things in place in order to make an organ organization, um, you know, come together in order to see results as well. So it's been pretty interesting. Um, we did have a couple of actions. Now, Toyo, you're in a different part of Georgia from me. What, tell them about, you know, what you guys have been doing and some of the actions that's been going wow. on on that. I'm in Columbus, Georgia, and that's the, like the second uh, the second biggest city um, population-wise uh, outside of Atlanta, um, which actually is about an hour and a half west southwest of Atlanta. Um, so we really don't talk about the city a lot, but there's a lot that goes on here. Like we have like one of the highest crime rates because of lack of employment, because of lack of funds down here. So what? me and a couple of other organizers, I think there's like two or three other ones in this particular area. We go out and we go to different restaurants and we go, we talk to low wage workers and we're like, hey, you know, we know that you're not making any more than nine, $10 an hour. I know that because I've lived here my entire life. If you're making $10 an hour or $12 an hour, you're lucky, oh, very yeah. lucky. Wait, because nine to $10 an hour is still on the high rate. What is the actual minimum wage in your area of town what's the, so, what's the minimum so if you're a server a waitress wait staff whatever you like to call yourself you're getting 215 plus tips 
And they say that if you're not getting the entire minimum wage, which is supposed to be eight to seven twenty-five, seven fifty, that they'll make up the difference. But most employers in this area never do. You get that two fifteen, and you know, hopefully, hopefully, you get tipped well that night. If not, then when you get paid every two weeks, then you'll get that check of maybe seventy-five dollars when you pay two fifteen. Well, all across the board in the South, the minimum wage is, I think, set at like seven dollars and forty cents. Yeah, seven fifty. Yeah. But the catch is that Mississippi and certain states don't even have a minimum wage. You can pretty much, they could choose to pay you well, whatever. You can pretty much pick, yeah, you, you get paid what we give you. And it's well, certain, actually, honestly, there are even certain places in Georgia that are still like that, where the, the municipal laws, well, if they pay you this, then you can, you can, you can take that or you can not take that. It's, and because Georgia's an at-will state, they can say, hey, you know what? Today's Thursday. We didn't like what you did Wednesday. You're fired. No questions asked. So oh, there's not even real job. There's not even real job security for real. Man. So this is this is this is 2022. Okay. This is not 1940. This is not 1956. Um, the minimum wage itself is horrendous because we all know that the cost of living. Look at what we're in right now. We are. In, well, we're not in a war per se. Russia and Ukraine are, are in a war. And America is funding Ukraine. Meanwhile, we have our own American citizens making $7.40 an hour with rents for one or two bedroom at $1,000 to $100. Yeah, I just did the research the other day, as a matter of fact. In the past four years, inflation has gone up 12%. A two-bedroom, one-bath townhouse in Piedmont Park in Atlanta, Georgia, is one hundred and fifty-four thousand dollars. Okay, that's what we want to talk about. Okay, so how are you, a low-wage worker, or even if you own a decent living, you know, with gas, children, and childcare, food? I went in. I went in the supermarket in the fucking chicken wings. Well, like fifteen or sixteen dollars with just a free winter pack. Yeah, I was about to say you remember uh, how chicken used to be the cheapest meat in the restaurant or in the in the grocery store. Not anymore. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the CEOs of these organizations make at least if we if we break it down their salaries um, per hour, like we do ours. So they get seven, we get seven forty an hour. I think the CEO or CFO of McDonald's would be getting like $15,000 per hour. Like, is no reason that organizations look them up and read their There's no the reason. About it is, we don't even know who they are. We don't know who the CFOs are. We don't know who the CEOs are. They're not the people that you know, know us by name. They're not the people that know our orders. They're not the people that know our kids. But they're the ones that are getting the most amount of money. Meanwhile, there are people like me and you and regular, you know, person up the street that you you go into the store, you go wherever it is, and you're like, do you live here? You're always here. Always, always. You don't get to spend any time with your family. Everybody that I've talked to, or every time I go, I go to the fast food restaurant to purchase stuff and everything, they are so, you know, just broken because, you know, they are consistently working hard. They're working in heat. They're working in, you know, they're being browbeat because 
hard to find, you know, good workers. And the job description, job detail, I mean, it's hard to work. You're working, you're constantly working under pressure. Um, you know, you're being watched, um, you know, like a hawk for any mistakes, being reprimanded for any little thing, you know. Um, you can't miss work if you have children or if you don't feel good. You know, everything has changed because of the COVID climate. So we know COVID, uh, everything just went haywire. And they were making people come to work with COVID because oh. they, they didn't there. have enough people. Yeah. But then there's and the flip side of that, where they, where they were mad when they couldn't keep people working because I realized, not just me, but other people, but I'm just going to speak from personal experience. I was making more money on unemployment than I was at work. That went for a lot of people. And then, and then when and then when it was time for us to go back to work, okay, so you want us to go back to work, but you want to go back to giving us $750, and then we have to pay for kid, our kids to go back to childcare because at the time, you know, our kids weren't back in regular school mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. So you want us to put our kids in danger by putting them in childcare. You want us to be able to pay for the childcare. You want us to not make the same amount of money that we're just making sitting at home taking care of our own kids but you want us to go back to work for what well, give me an incentive they're not no nah, they're, they're not. not making me want to get up and go to work for you but this is what i have to do yeah and you know minority women and women in general um took the hot, hardest hit during covid because we are the ones that work the low-wage jobs you know the hotel hospitality um, you know, child care, school, daycare, stuff like that. Um, so we, you know, didn't know how the hell we were going to recover from this. And we lost the most because the kids were out of school. So you couldn't work half the time. And then, you know, how were you going to afford the child care if you weren't going back to your same job? So, you know, it's just, it's sad. <laughs> There's even been, I've known instances of women that have had to take their kids, thank God my kids are older, but they've had to take their kids to work with them. And that yeah, creates a whole other unsafe condition for the kid, depending on your workplace. I know women that literally have left their kids in the car while they work, jeopardizing their well-being in order for them to go to make a living or try to keep um, you know, a roof over their head. Evictions have gone up since COVID and everybody had a job loss. Um, once they lift the rent mandates and the housing mandates. The, the eviction memorandum. Yeah, everybody has been going through an eviction. Um, it's just been a tragic time for America. Um, that On the news, they try to sugarcoat it and act like that things are being restored and that we are in a good place and that you know, the economy is, is thriving and so forth and so on. That is the furthest away from the truth. And they still have not said anything about increasing the country's minimum wage as a whole. No, absolutely. They're doing it, but that's only because of the pushback that people are like, well, we're just not going to go back to work and they just can't afford it anymore. But as a whole, the nation needs to sit back and be like, okay, people can't afford to just do, do the basic things anymore. Like people can't afford, they have to choose between eating or paying a bill, an, an important bill like rent or something. A lot of elderly people have to choose between medications or paying their rent. Hmm. 
and it shouldn't be that way. So, you know, it, it gets to the point where, okay, now the, now, now the people that we put in the office, the people that we put into play, are y'all really working for us? No, okay, so now we have to get out there and we have to demand what it is that we want because y'all are not listening. Right, right. So tell, tell more about what our organization, organization is doing and other organizations are doing, how, you know, we plan to, um, you know, take on this mission and try to, you know, help, help ourselves and help each other with getting, you know, our 40 acres in the mule, what we actually need to survive in America. As far as, as far as, you know, the, the, for the, the minimum wage and the low income workers, organizers like, like me and you for five, 15, we go in and we talk to, like you said, low wage workers and we get them to workplace organize. We get them to realize, hey, unions are not against the law. You cannot get fired for talking to about organizing. You have that right. And in the South, it's, it's, it's talked down upon, oh, well, if you, you know, that's an old slave men mentality. Oh, well, we can't get, we don't get in trouble, boss. We can't talk about that. Yes, you can. And you need to, because if you don't, these companies are not going to do it for you. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we, we have, we work with a, a great, you know, set of people. We do organize events. The good thing about it is it's, it's like community um, action. Um, we, you know, hear the voices of our workers. We hear, we hear their personal stories. They are here to tell you what is really going on. It's not a bunch of teenagers that work at McDonald's like they try to portray that, um, you know, or other jobs. I don't want to just per se keep saying McDonald's. Sorry. Let me just say fast food altogether. Um, it's not, not a lot of young kids that work there. Oh, it's for teenagers. That's why the wages are so low. It is people like you and I with children, family and everything. I'm telling you in Georgia, the average person works two to three jobs to provide and put food on their table. Um, when do you have time to educate your children? When do you have time to heal yourself emotionally, mentally, or physically? When do you have time, you know, in such a wealthy, um, country? you know, to do this. So not only are we, you know, trying to form a union, but we are hearing stories. You know, we are getting people to express themselves. We are understanding how it is affecting people on another level. Um, a lot of people are suffering after the pandemic. A lot of people have mental illness and mental issues. Um, it's so much going on. A lot of people are abusing drugs and alcohol and everything, but our organization is allowing people like us to have a platform to come out and talk and to communicate and articulate, you know, what it is that we actually need and what are some of the solutions that we are going to take and the steps we're going to take to try to heal and move forward from, you know, so many years of slavery, so many years of being brainwashed, so many years of being set back and so many years of the hidden hand playing us and, you know, still, um, you know, being enslaved, you know, at a sense or whatever. So well, we are, like, I like to think of it as it's not so much slavery in this, in the sense of what, what they were, what they did to us as a people. It's now systemic slavery. It's, you got to fight through it. You got to be strong. You got to, and that's where, like you said, a lot of mental health issues come from. We don't get a chance to heal. We don't get a chance to sit back and, and get therapy. We don't get a chance to go through traumas anymore we just it's like okay keep pushing through it what what the kids like to say um got to see it through no you don't sometimes it's okay to sit down and be like I just went through something horrible but nowadays you cannot do that because if you're making 750 an hour 
you can't sit down and be like, I just went through something awful. Like, I can't think of how many funerals I've been to in the past couple of years because of COVID and just general sicknesses and murders and stuff like that that's happened in this city that I can't, I can't sit down and have the chance to filter through. Because if I do, my bills aren't going to get paid. Then I'm going to be sitting on a corner somewhere. And that's not okay. You don't get to have a real quality of life because all you're doing is working to pay bills or working to barely make it. You don't even get a chance to enjoy your life. No, and you that's don't. No, that, really, that's not life. That's existing. That's not even living for real. Absolutely. And um, so some things have to be done. And that's you know what we're talking about. Um, what are we going to do, people? I mean, we can't continue to live like this. Um, I think that in our society and in our culture, we are so moved by things that don't make any sense. There's no benefit to us. You know what I'm saying? Um, social media is going to, it could either be, you know, a blessing or a curse because um, it's a big distraction, you know, right now from um, what's really going on in our societies and our communities and what's going on in the world. Um, you know, it's okay to have parties and do all of this stuff, but we really got work to do. And we're not listening to the, we're not carrying on the work that our ancestors have done. Um, they made a grave sacrifice and they fought so hard for some of these privileges and things that we are so verily taken for granted. And, you know, it just, it rips my heart apart, you know, knowing that we got a generation behind us people and what are we, you know, everything is about an inheritance and, and generationally set up. What are we going to leave for the generations behind? You know what I mean? When are we going to set aside the bullshit and we're going to look at where we are really financially, um, emotionally, all of this stuff, uh, mentally, when are we going to cut the crap? I don't know. What do you think, Toya? A lot of I people think- that Unfortunately, I hate to say this, but I feel like we, we, we fucked up the kids. We did like our generation. We dropped the ball. We were selfish as hell. Everything for our generation was us, 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 how we feel, how we, and we didn't carry on what our parents and our parents that came before us gave to us the sense of community, the sense of being able to talk to other, it, it did take a village back then, but when it came to us, it was like, you can't tell my kid nothing. If you ain't my, you ain't his mama, you ain't his, don't say nothing to him. So mm-hmm. now we can't say nothing to nobody kids and all folks kids is running around knocking us over the damn head because we couldn't say nothing to them. Right, right. Yeah, we did become selfish. We we in the era where we like, we not being in together. We not doing shit. You can't. Nah, it was, it was, it was cash rules, everything around me. Yes. It was, you know what I'm saying? Get your, I don't give a fuck what you do. I'm gonna get mine. You better make sure you get yours. Period. Period, period. And so you know, we were we were, you know what I'm saying, we were the, the the era of drug dealers. Now we got an era of drug users and we want to know why. Because we were selling it to them. Right. Right. So now, Free. okay, take take accountability, mom, dad, uncle, auntie. You know what I'm saying? I'm cool. I'm still here. I'm not that old. I, it wasn't that long ago that I was your age. I understand I fucked up. Let's take some accountability some of these babies down and be like okay now everything seems fun but let me tell you the other side of this right 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 you know we can't expect the outside to come in to clean up our mess we made this mess we got to clean it up now on the other side of that we need to go out and we need to start voting we need to go out and make our voices heard because the same people we can't complain about what's going on 
about the, the government and what's going on in offices if we're not going on and we're not making those changes either. Those same rights that our, our, our forefathers and our ancestors went out and got mauled by dogs and hit by water hoses and blown up in churches and all that, we're not exercising those rights. Get out there, go vote. Nobody is keeping us from, that we have so much of a victim mentality, oh, we're oppressed. Who stopped you from getting up and going to vote? Nobody. Right. Well, a lot of people pop shit in our hood and say they ain't voting because they don't feel like it's effective and it don't work. I've heard so many people say that, oh, I ain't voting because um, and, it's and, it never, and, it, and it never will if you never get out there. I can see if my very first election when I turned 18 was the election that everybody knows Bush stole the vote or whatever they say he did. That did not keep me from voting in future elections. Me either. I don't give a so shit. I was mad, so I was mad that he stole the vote. Guess what? Next time, I'm going to get my black ass out there. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to get politically organized. I'm going to get in the, in the... So everybody think he stole the vote. Fine. Next time, let's get out there and change that. And we did. Obama was elected next. Last so it does matter. Yeah, the last presidency, we came out. Exactly. So, so don't say that don't say our voting rights don't say it doesn't matter because it, everybody wanted that stimulus right so joe biden got in office everybody wanted that check yeah when he was yeah. talking about cutting the check everybody went out make sure they hit that dot. okay so you want our kids to get textbooks because i'm i can tell you to be honest where i live on the south side our kids don't even know what a textbook looks like Wow. On the north side, they have computer screens. They don't even have blackboards or dry erase boards. Everything done over there is done on a Chromebook. On my side of town, we don't even know what a textbook looks like. So you mm. want to talk about voting power? You want to talk about power? Get out there and let's vote. Let's start changing things there. And let's take accountability and not be, don't say nothing to my kid. No, because if little Billy becomes, is a problem with you, little Billy will get shot by the cops later on in 10 years. Then you don't want to know why. You want to know why. Because want- nobody say nothing to his bad ass. That's why. Mm-hmm. Preach, sister. So now listen. So I wanted to, you know, on that note, um, let everybody know how they could, if they want to, you know, um, sign up or come to some of our events or everything and how to look up the organization. I know you're more familiar with all of the behind the scenes and everything, Toya, <laughs> about that. Um, well, we have, of course, we have, you know, our Instagram pages, our Facebook pages, um, Fight for 15, Raise Up the South. Um, of course, we were we, we started in North Carolina, so the, the North Carolina chapter is the biggest chapter. Um, but I found out about it through Instagram. That's how I actually was. So we have social media. We have all kinds of other things. There are different events in different cities. We have a May Day event coming up, which is going to be a Zoom call um, for Atlanta, Columbus, South Georgia. Um, we just have a lot of other things coming up. So um, just be looking for us, I want to say, on definitely Instagram and Facebook. Though. A lot of people are not even familiar with Mayday now. All my up northerners and everybody that I know and, you know, that that are my friends and everything, we know um, Mayday is sort of like what we have in September, uh, what is supposed to be about Labor Day. But tell them right. about, about Mayday, Toya. Mayday is, um, a, a, I don't want to say it's a holiday because uh, like you said, a lot of people aren't familiar with it, but it's the day where we, or, uh, where we observe and we're, we're, uh, we get together as workers and we have a, a discussion or discussions, we're supposed to anyways, in the workplace about things that can be changed, things that we don't like, things that we can take to our employers, 
um, when we get together, we just have fellowship as workers where we're not, you know, we're not necessarily bashing, but we're coming up with ideas and brainstorming. Um, what was known as Labor Day, when they take the day off and we just sit around and barbecue and stuff like that, that's what it's really supposed to be meant for. But it's more so for the people that are working, that are the ones that are doing the work. Hey, how can we make this better for us? Yeah. And you go over your struggles and your victories that you had in your place of labor. I know that a lot of back in the days, they on um, May Day, they pretty much, um, you know, talked about how they brought changes about because the workday used to be extended. It used to be like a 12 hour workday and under harsh, um, you know, work conditions. But they, you know, have made some changes and they stood up and band together and unionized and everything and they got it down to a, uh, a eight hour work day and stuff like that so those are the things that you know may they stand for um you know overcoming some of the struggles at work help to try to fight for um better working conditions better work environment and stuff like that and really reflect on some of the victories that um you know that you were able to implement in, you know, in your workplace and everything as well. So it's a very significant day. It's very important, um, you know, um, when it comes to work and labor. I don't think we we even hit those topics and talk about it enough in our generations. What I think, you know, we're so isolated. You know, uh, I know a lot of my employers. They tell me, "Well, don't tell you're making, uh, you're making ten dollars and right. fifty cents." Right, you never discuss what you're making with your, with your employees. Yeah, don't tell your other employees what you're making. So what they're doing is pretty much isolating us, and you know, making this seem like we're. And this is how they pretty much eliminated the union because you know we always see um you know we can always overcome with the numbers if we're not isolated and we're working together and numbers united we stand divided we fall um that's right. how it goes. so you know in these workplaces now they have us so isolated you tend to think you're the only one that's going through this or you're the only one that's going through that or if you talk to your co-worker or you have any type of relationship to unionize or organize that you're going to get fired you're going to it's going to be big trouble or whatever they did a great job at destroying the union and destroying effective communication so even that's then, why even even without i'm sorry even without um the union just dissension in general right. like have you ever noticed how like the front desk or, or like the cashiers and the the kitchen crew of a fast food restaurant they never speak have you ever noticed that? Or how, yep. like if you're in a hotel, the housekeeping and the front desk staff never interact? They didn't. They do it by design because they want people to feel like, okay, if you're with the front counter, you're better than back of the house. If you're a front desk, you know, at a hotel, then you're better than housekeeping. So nobody ever gets together and nobody ever talks about the issues that they have because front desk doesn't like housekeeping, housekeeping don't like front desk. So that's a war that goes on outside of, well, we're all getting treated like crap. They do it by design. It's not by accident. It's not, well, you know, you just don't know. It's so that the supervisors can keep a tight rein on their employees. Absolutely. I know that. And I know that because I've been management and they tell us what to do. Right. Right. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. So if anybody wants to join, anybody out here knows a family member, you are a fast food worker, a low wage worker, 
you go um online, you said look up, look us up, um, raise up, fight for 15, SEIU, anybody in North Carolina, Alabama, Georgia, or whatever, New York and up north, y'all, y'all pretty tight. Y'all ain't playing. And as a them. matter of fact, we got our first Starbucks win. Oh yeah. Right. We we did just get our first Starbucks win and, and Amazon got their first union, I want to say maybe about a month ago. All right, yeah, let's hear about some of the victories and airport workers out here. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, so um, we just started, I know at the beginning of our academy, we had just started to, to organize our Starbucks teams to get the baristas better pay, um, better conditions, because we all know that during this pandemic, Starbucks has been doing, <laughs> Starbucks has been keeping people alive. So they haven't been doing such a great job. Either. So I think I want to say about a month ago, um, a Ashbury, North Carolina Starbucks, if I'm not mistaken, got their first union. And Amazon got their first union, but it was up north, uh, I want to say earlier this month as well. So it, it does work. It does take a little bit, a little while, but if you do commit to it and you do sit down and you organize yourselves, they will listen because they realize that they don't want to come in and do this work. They haven't had to come in and do. They haven't had to do manual. They haven't had to do manual labor. I don't know how long. They're not going to come in and do it. No, they are not. They are going to be. It costs, it, it costs so much less to give us what we're asking for than to bring in new people and train them and potentially lose them after a couple of weeks because they ain't going for it. Absolutely, absolutely. And the union is a benefit. The union will um, pretty much help protect you if you have any issues on the job. Mm -hmm. um alleviate um you know you getting immediately fired um it could help you if you have any grievances or issues um you know it's it's just the overall benefit it'll help you you know make sure that you proper raises and you know everything that you and, and if you are you know for some reason fired or let go they do have you know a help they'll help you transition they don't just leave you out there they'll you know whether it's a a small help help package or a parachute package or just helping you retool your resume or helping you, you know, find another job. They don't just leave you out there like, oops, well, you know, sorry. Yes, because workers need support. It's one thing to just be on a job, but it's another thing that you, you know, you need help to maintain your position. You know what I'm saying? You are going to be working amongst a lot of people. You're going to be dealing with a lot of clients and people you don't know, different ages, different attitudes, different religions and cultures. You need to know how to maneuver. You may need retraining. Um, you know, you need to be fine-tuned with anything. You're going to need some additional, uh, you know, education and all of that kind of stuff. And these are the things that you could, you know, bring those issues to your, your uh, <coughs> excuse me, allergy kicking my ass, to your union. Um, you know, there'll be a, a lot of assistance to you with that. So it's definitely put to protect you. Um, so that's a wonderful thing. So yeah, reach out um, to any of your local chapters. And if you hear about any action, show up, you know, support and stand in the front line with other workers, you know, just like yourself. Um, this is not only going to be a benefit to them, it's going to be a benefit to you and it's going to trickle down to your family or over your community. And we have more money, more programs in our community, um, more education and all of that, this will bring the crime rate down. People are not just breaking in houses just for fun. People are not stealing just for fun. People actually don't have money out here. People actually don't know where they're going to live. People actually don't have campus. And these are hard working people. Factories have been closed that people have been working and depending on. Places have been shut down. 
Um, people have died from COVID um, at a high rate just to, you know, make five or ten dollars to feed their families. America is was built on, you know, families. You know, traveling immigrants. Everybody has an opportunity here. It doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, for for us to go down and to be poor in the land, in the land of opportunity, it is it, as as <laughs> as it is. You know, and we shouldn't live that way, but it does provide opportunity for everybody who has a dream to you know evolve. Don't let them steal our dream. We still we, we can have a dream, all of us. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter anything. We know millions and billionaires and people who are not educated who have come here and made a wonderful way for themselves. It shouldn't be that hard anymore is what we're saying. Um, you know, during the pandemic, these bigger companies and organizations made a wealth of money. Don't think that they didn't. Um, and they made it because you guys showed up and went to work because you decided that you were not going to lay down. You were going to take a risk with your life and go to work and sacrifice for your family. So you deserve these things. But on another workers. Let's shift on to some other topics. So Toya, um, you know, you and I, we are Black women in America. And it's been, you know, I don't know if you've been feeling it, but it's been really hard, um, you know, lately how the media and everybody has been, you know, portraying us and everything. And it's been feeling like to me that even our people in our own culture have been, you know, just neglecting and, and, you know, neglecting the fact that we are not angry women. We are, you know, very um, virtuous, uh, virtuous and strong women that we are very opinionated and, you know, we are very alert and assertive, um, but they twist it around and is making it seem like, hey, you know, we're, you know, we're the worst ones. We're angry. We have attitudes. Yeah, we're not feminine. We're extremely bitter. Correct. Um. And it has shift where they feel like, okay, you're acting like a man. Now, you know, we don't have to protect you. Neither do we have to respect you. Um, and that's in our own culture. And I think it has trickled down where other cultures have learned to, well, I mean, a lot of the other cultures have always hated um, black people, but black women have always been, you know, a threat um, to the other cultures. But at the same time, I don't know if you're feeling this, it's a monumental time for black women um, in America as well. We have our first Supreme Court judge. <laughs> we do. Congrats. Yes. yes. And as much as we don't um, know what the hell is going on, we do have, you know, somewhat of a black uh, uh, you know, vice president. Kamala Harris. Um, so as far as that goes, I, I know I had this conversation with you, but I, I know for a fact I was having this conversation with my best friend yesterday, I want to say. I would love nothing more than the rest of my feminine energy. I would love to. I don't like having to be masculine. I would love to sit back and be dainty like white women are allowed to. You know, white women are allowed to be weak. White women are allowed to cry. Every other, it seems like every other ethnicity is allowed to do these things. But the moment a black woman does it, there's something wrong with us. The moment a black woman shows, you know, that we can be meek or whatever the case may be. Oh, oh, you know, she faking or whatever. No, I would love to rest and know that a black man or a man period has my back because when was the last time anybody looked out or protected us? 
The Black Lives Matter movement was amazing, but who was it started by? Three Black women who were looking to avenge the deaths of their sons, fathers, husbands. When Sandra Bland got murdered, on, on for us. When um, the young lady in Chicago that got found in the freezer, nobody knows what happened. When that happened, who was on the front line for that little girl? When the, um, the woman, as a matter of fact, last week in Miami, Florida, got chased down by her ex-husband at a Jewish community center and murdered in front of her daughter, who stood up for her? Okay. So everybody wants to talk about how masculine we are, but look why we have to be, because nobody stands up for us. Nobody, not even our own black men, not even our own community stands up for us. So when do we have time to be feminine? When do we have time to be scared? When do we have time to cry? We don't. I, I'm, you the know, moment we do, it's I'm a problem. Even with, um, even with Megan Thee Stallion and, um, you know, her case that she has, I'm looking at her on, you know, TV today with Gail. And um, I'm looking at that video and she's, you know, crying and, you know, saying how Tory Lane shot her and everything. And it, and it was the whole question of people, you know, and women, especially everybody saying, oh, she's freaking lying. Is this the worst that? thing ever is when, when something happens to us as women, nobody ever believes something can happen to us. I was assaulted by a guy I went out on one date with. He One day he came up to my job and assaulted me physically, punched me in front of other people. When the Columbus Police Department got there, they asked me, well, what did you do to him, ma'am? It was on camera how that man came into my job in a shopping mall. And mm. the police asked me, what did I do to him? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of that going around. Um, I've seen, I've seen, you know, ample times when the police, um, you know, pull up and it's, uh, you know, a dispute, um, men against women or something like that. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a, you know, a, um, domestic situation as far as couple or whatever, but it could be an altercation. They always, you know, seem like they're, you know, more on the male side. Um, when it comes to the explanation, like, what did you, you know, what did you do? Did you do anything to provoke them? Or um, it's just, you know, exactly. it's, it's a lot of tension. It, I just feel like, you know, we don't get a fair slate. I feel like, you know, society has played us down that when we, you know, know what it is we want and we want to go after it and we are educated and we, you know, have worked ourselves up after we supported the black man, of course, more than anybody in the world, after we were the ones on the front line during the civil rights and we stood in the gap and we fought so hard, you know, and believed so much when we sat on the sidelines on the court and did all of that and turned their backs on us, um, you know, it's just, you know, it, it makes us feel tragic. And why always, uh oh, hey, Travi up in the building. Why do we always have to dumb ourselves down, you know, just to, you know, sort of feel like we are, you know, equal or just to be accepted? I don't, I don't understand. Now, I always like to play devil's advocate. And here's the unpopular opinion to that it's also our fault as Black women. If we did not accept this bullshit behavior, they wouldn't do it. 
men could only do, people will only do what you allow them to do. If men treat us like thoughts and we act as thought, then that's what we, hey, if you're like, no, you got to treat me a certain way. Back in the day, women did not allow to be even talked to a certain way. That's true. And so men stepped up the bar. But now as the years have gone by, we just bought me up. I know females out here who fucking for blunts. Just, just all you got to do is buy me a beer and a blunt and we fucking. <laughs> all right hold on lower the standard so far that that's, that's acceptable pivotal time what's up travis everybody out there on sador radio thank y'all for tuning in facebook instagram youtube this is your girl black glory and we are on from princess to queens um podcast and we got my girl toya howard she's a political activist with raise up fight for 15 and we got no other than my homeboy, Big Travis, <laughs> a.k.a. the boy Tugboat. He is CEO. You know what I'm saying? He an outspoken activist with our group and everything. He got a lot going on. He just coming from his photo shoot and everything. You know what I'm saying? From his record label and everything. He got music. He got everything. A real positive, influential, hype brother. Uh, we just want to welcome you, Travis RT, a.k.a. Tugboat. How you doing, bro? What's going on, Tugboat? Okay, what's going on, ladies? How are y'all doing today? We're good. What's going on with you? I am okay. As y'all can see, I am still out here putting in work. Hold on, let me flip my camera around. We got like my shoot still going down. Uh, yes. So I literally like stepped away for a couple of seconds to make sure I jumped on this on this live. Uh, you know, to kick it with y'all, ladies. So what's going on, man? We over here chopping it up. We, you know, we are. We was um explaining to. You know the people out there on Sador Radio and on um, social media about the fight for 15 and you know the raise up how it all started. You know we transitioned into May Day, but then I came with some stuff talking about you know the black women and how you know we're being uh, portrayed in you know social media and media and why does it always seem like if we you know are strong or assertive or you know we doing our thing, why do we get um, always like we're angry, bitter black women. And, you know, why do we always feel like we're so unprotected? Like we're the worst on the totem pole. Like every other culture, the woman is, you know, um, hierarchy, goddesses, exotic, and this, that, and a third, except for the black woman on every song except we have been <laughs> Um, you know, black men don't, they don't like us. They don't respect us, do, you know, protect us. You know, we even went into the Megan Thee Stallion and the um in the um Tory Lane situation on how that jumped off. Um, and Toya had a valid point. She said, you know, half of it is our fault because she's playing devil devil advocate because you know a lot of the behavior we allow, you know, to happen. We dance into these songs. We calling each other bitches. Um, you know, we became a lot more biting each other. We will we will throw another woman under the bus for a man so quickly, so quickly. And that man don't care about you or me, but because, you know, it makes me look good to him. I like to call it pick me behavior. Say what you will, but that's what I call well, it. Pick me. I mean, if I'm going to be, if, if I'm going to talk, if I'm going to talk about it, you know, first of all, not all black men treat black women the same. Man, I got my photographers right now. They've been married forever and this is beautiful black love. So, you know, it, it, it's, you can't just point the finger towards one species, male or female. It's just nowadays, if you want my untruth, I blame technology. 
So now it's so easy for me to reach out to that girl who I thought was modest. So once I see her shaking her ass or something, I could jump in her inbox and offer her something that I know she gonna want. You see what I'm saying? So it really ain't got nothing to do with how men or women, you know, but Tom, you did make a good point where not all women, trust me. The older women, y'all don't accept that shit. Hell no. Let me walk up to a woman you, you like right about 35 <laughs> and older. And I'd be like, girl, what's up with some of that ass and see when I leave with my eye hurting or something. You see what I'm saying? Some of these older women now trying to fit in and trying to pop lock it. I mean, uh, uh, not me, not me. I'm completely fine with my age. Trust me. You can't put me in a room with 20 year olds or 30 year olds because I don't compare. But put me in a room with 40 year olds. I wanted the baddest up in that guy. However, a lot of women our age are accepting it because they think it's what y'all, what men want. I, I don't know, my G. I don't know, because I don't want no fast pussy. I'm just going to keep real with you. If I can sit here and fuck you under 30 seconds, then baby, he ain't for me. It is some men out here that still enjoy the hunt, believe it or not. It may not seem like it, but they out here. But it is something that's out here. Boy, I only got one night in town. So what you going to do? Why does it seem like if you are an educated woman, you have, you know, uh, your resume is tight. You know, you're doing something for yourself. You got a business. You you know, you're a doctor. You're a lawyer. You all of this. Why is it so hard, you know, for successful women, um, you know, to be taken seriously? Why is it so hard for them to have a man in now their house? That's my question. <laughs> that is because my question. Really like, no, I can't answer for every man, man though. Purpose. But I'm talking about the sisters that put in this work. We go into work every day. We got all our T's crossed. We got all our I's dotted. And we, you know, we going out here and we are investing in ourselves before we even step to a dude. We like, all right, we, you know, men always come out. We got to bring some shit to the table and whatever. We bring exactly. the whole you give me what y'all asked for. As a matter of fact, bro, the table is in my house. What is you talking about? Well, first of all, once again, you got to go back to blaming technology for some of this shit too. Because at the end of the day, y'all ask for men to be what upfront on what we want, correct? Every time I meet a female, that's the first thing they say. I don't care. Long the nigga up front about what he want. But then as soon as we put it out there, what we want, we're dogs. Not every, even if a woman has all the Y'all ask for stuff. We give y'all what y'all want. Y'all don't know what y'all want either. Listen, I want a girl listen. who's not going to call me back. I want to, she ain't got to be all up under. Okay, so I'm going to give you someone who's not going to call I, you back. Listen, it's like y'all been dealing with some little, some, some boys. I don't, I don't, I don't know who the fuck y'all been dealing with, but nobody <laughs> said, I can't speak for every man. I can't. I'm just being honest with you. I can't speak for every man because at the end of the day, I bring honesty to the table. And I don't care how many degrees you got under your belt. If there's not no connection there, and I don't think I see you as a sex object, you can't make me see you no other way. You can have a thousand degrees, but if you don't feed my soul internally or mentally, them degrees don't mean shit to me. You just got a fat ass and I'm just trying to go ahead and and get the fuck on with my life. I know that's right. I mean, I mean, I'm just being honest. I ain't sitting here oh, trying to make you seem, you know. So what why I mean? do you, you what you saying that? So why do the brothers get mad when you see them as a, a freaking? You come around for every video. You got on three fucking chains. You a boss. You throwing up money. You in the club. Da 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 da. Then you know if you a woman who want to you know date a man that that you feel like is financially secure, or if you only want him. Because you know he throwing them out around money and he asking for your body and you know you like all right well what's up with the money you know what but no do, but no, do the same. Story. right women you know be like why do they do that what's but notice but listen notice is the ones that portray 
to have all the money that has a problem with it. Facts. I'm going to leave it just like that, baby, because I know if I know I'm tossing around money, that means I got it. I'm not throwing around my rent. I'm not throwing around <laughs> my white right right money. A lot of men are, though. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of men are throwing around because, their rent. Okay, you're right, but it boils back down to what I said earlier. It boils down to what I said that's what I'm saying. It boils back down to what a man wants from you. You see what I'm saying? I'm sorry. We ain't dogs, but at the same time, just as much as women love sex, niggas love sex too. So we finna... Have you ever watched Animal Planet whenever birds attract their mates? How like they'll clean up something or they'll collect shiny shit just to get the female bird to come to their nest? Have you ever seen stuff like that? Actually, yes, I have. Okay, so the same thing is in real in human life as well. Niggas flash, they're going to flash that stack of money or whatever, whether it be the money or the car that they drive or a degree that they have or just some type of knowledge that's going to get your pittance wet. And they're going to use that to their advantage to get what they want. But once again, if you ain't feeding that nigga soul, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's just about not what it boils down to. Like, like, I'm just being honest with you. It don't matter what you got. If you ain't feeding that brother soul, he ain't happy. Just like y'all say y'all can read souls, we can too. We just don't talk about it. Right. Now, shout out to all my beautiful sisters that got degrees. That's what you're supposed to do. I teach my daughters all the time, baby. Get that piece of paper. And with that piece of paper, a man can't take shit away from you. And that's how you make your own money. You see what I'm saying? Only man, if you asking me, only man who don't have shit going for themselves is afraid of a woman who got money. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I want, if I'm woman, woman got more money than me, you best believe I'm hustling doing something to make up on the back end so it don't even seem like she got more money than me. And it's not even a competition or a race. It's just me as a man. But first of all, I'm not... Nah, man. So how do you feel, Travis? Would you be intimidated by a woman that make a hell of a lot more money than you? Could you be in a marriage or a relationship with a woman like that? Let me tell you something. Oprah Rampy pull up on me right goddamn now and say, Travis, get into this lemon thing. Guess what the fuck I'm going to I'm going to holler at y'all later. I'm a holler. I mean, no. I'm going to go ahead. I'm a holler at y'all. I'm a holler. That's exactly what I'm going to say. You can say what the fuck you want. And, and you know, I learned this from a billionaire. What? Why do it seem bad that we want a quick earning? A million dollars is a million dollars no matter how you earn it, baby. Whether you earn it fast or you earn it slow. So why would you be quick to turn away something that can change your life forever? So once again, if anyone Condoleezza Rice, over <laughs> <laughs> Are you shooting your shot, Travis? If open listening, listen, baby. I got my own show. I'm from the state of North Carolina. I'm in I'm in Lexington, North Carolina right now as we speak. They go one of my models. You know what I'm saying? You can stop shooting your shot at Oprah Winfrey or Gail King or Condoleezza Rice or any of Bill Gates. Hey, I'm just being real with you. I mean, Bill come on, you divorce. I'm here. We oh yeah, who programmed? But that just goes to show you, though, too, though. Money don't hold shit. Look at Bill Gates and his wife. Hell, she gone. You think because he had all that money, she brought that man peace? Hell, no. Nah. Or well, vice versa, because they look boring. They look so bored with each other. Like, they look like they had no fun together at all. At all. It look like they eat check cereal without no milk and say, oh, baby. Right? Like, they ate Rice Krispies with no milk and no sugar. With no, no rice cakes for days and be content. Like, no salt is in their house at all. They have no seasonings in their kitchen. None. No salt is in their house. No. 
Absolutely not. Uh, absolutely not. They don't even know what that is. They fry. Look, they fry the chicken and then put the seasoning in it. There it is. No, no. Those are the kind of people that wash their ground beef. So, so listen, Travis. You're you're in a um with the raise up. Tell us how it's going. Hey, Tamika. We have oh, the raise up. Um, man, raise up is awesome. Raise up, man. Listen for all those listeners. I really want y'all to find some type of organization that you can learn your history from. And Fight for 15, for me, I can't give everybody experience, but for my experience, ever since I done traveled down this rabbit hole, I've learned so much that that's what's keeping me interested in this job. You'd be amazed how much union have done for us, how much it continue to do for us, how much we have still have to fight in the South to get it back down here. Because you go up North, they everywhere. Hell, it's, it's just like a free a two for one <laughs> up there, but down here they seem forbidden. So it's like the more I learn the history on this stuff, it's what's keeping me interested, man. It's very deep. And plus, I'm a nerd anyway. I like to learn. So if a job can teach me some shit, I'm here. Right. So if uh um you know any workers or anybody wanted to reach out to you in your chapter, tell them where you're located. Tell them about your business and what we gonna tell us about that real quick. Uh, my business is the Block Entertainment. What I do, I interview um, rap artists, country artists. I don't care what you do. As long as you're in some type of entertainment, hell, you can be a stripper if you want to. I don't care. Uh, we go to where you grew up at, and we sit down and we chop it up. We go to your block and chop it up. Not know where you just moved to, not that mansion in the sky. We go to where it all started at, and I will interview you right there because that's going to that's gonna do something for you. When you see that old neighborhood, see how far you done made it from then to now, that's going to bring up the good stories that everybody wants to hear. So that's why I call my show The Block. I grew up in the projects here in Lexington, North Carolina. Um, I ran the streets, man, all my life until recently, but that's another story. Um, so, yeah, you can catch me on YouTube at The Block Entertainment CEO. Um, season two is getting ready to drop. My merchandise is getting ready to drop. Um, so that's why I'm out here, man. I'm out here just putting in a lot of work. Love it. And if they want to do, um, how, what's your social media handles and how do we get in touch with you? Um, uh, you know, out here own their own businesses and their brand need a story as well as mine. And I'm sure they want to do that. And there's a lot of, you know, workers out there that may want to connect with you. You always out in the hood, you know, showing love, talking to workers and encouraging the you know, get on board and shake, make and make some moves. How do they reach you via social media and all that stuff, Travis? You can find me uh, on Facebook, uh, Travis Archer. Um, the Block Entertainment for my business page. Um, trust me, you will see it. As soon as you see the Block Entertainment, you see that's me. You see Link and Federal on the profile picture. Um, on my Instagram, it is the Block LLC ENT. Um, it's a lot of my stuff on there as well. So, that's where you can find me at. I really ain't got no Twitter feed and none of that stuff because social media pisses me off a lot. So I try not to get, you know. I got you. I got you. Well, listen, it is, look, we are so, I'm so excited. Everybody out there in Sedora land, let me let y'all know, we are on um, Sedora Radio and we're on Facebook and we're going to put this on our YouTube channel and Sedora YouTube and we're going to put um, everything on Instagram. This your girl, Black Glory, and we are on my podcast from Queen. Um, sorry, from Princess to Queens. We got my colleagues from Raise Up, 
Um, we got Tugboat, Travis, Archie, and then we got my beautiful colleague, Latoya Howard, po political activist. Uh, we just got one of our, look, one of my beauty consultants, one of my big dogs just logged in, my girl, Tamika. Hey, Mika. You on mute, you on mute. Hey, how you doing? <clears throat> Good, glad. Hey, Keisha, how you doing? Hello, everyone, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Listen, ladies, I got finished wrapping up this uh, photo shoot. Uh, photographers is done. They want to talk business. Thank y'all. Okay. I appreciate y'all for letting me jump on. Please yes. bring me back where we can further discuss a lot more things. Miss Lady, um, you look beautiful in that background. Y'all have a good day. I'm gonna holler y'all. Yes, my beautiful makeup artist um, extraordinaire um, is so, you know, talented. She's a manager of most of the, you know, um, how, what do we call them, um, Tamika? Like the makeup underdogs and all of those organizations that, you know, manage and everything. What do we call those? Promotional? Uh, um, I am the creator of Makeup Underdogs on Facebook. I have almost 40,000 members. I am, I made a couple of groups, but Makeup Underdog is my biggest one. And I have one called Black Beauty and Business for Black women that have their own, for small businesses, all Black women businesses, where you could promote your business and your brand all on there. And then I have a private one for, you know, a selected few and it's called Glam Girls because that's a part of my, um, for my brand Pamper Me Glam that I own, that I have. Yes, and you know, it's been an honor to have um, done some work with you, Tamika. You have been one of those um, talented Emmy ways that whenever I call you for any advice, whenever um, I reached out to you for my launch party, anything, um, that I could do, you know, that, that I call you for, you always have a warm heart and a giving hand. You have never, um, you know, question everything. You're always like an open and you don't know how, you know, that warms my heart. I'm not a, you know, a makeup artist. I, you know, as far as I know, I'm a glorified saleswoman that started my own brand with a purpose, but you have enlightened me on so many things amongst other people, but, um, some of your, you know, the techniques you use, um, always promote, you know, new and upcoming brands like mine's, um, you know, you just do a, a tremendous amount of work, but I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, you have a, a unique story that I want every young lady, every person out there, um, you know, to hear. So go ahead and, and, and give it up. Tell us all about it. Um, first and foremost, I want to thank you, Keisha, for inviting me on here, um, and I truly appreciate it, and you have been a blessing in my life as well, where, you know, the communication always been real, so I really appreciate you on that. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Tamika Lachey. I am a licensed cosmetologist, and I'm a self-taught makeup artist. I've been doing hair for almost 30 years. I am 48 years old and I am disabled. I am in a wheelchair. I uh, <clears throat> got a bone disease called rheumatoid arthritis that put me in a wheelchair where it, they told me I'd never walk again, but I'm getting there, taking the steps. But I uh, 
wanted. I want people to know that whatever you do in life, don't never give up on yourself because I, I'm never going to give up. You know, I, I still do. I still do hair. I still do makeup. I go live all the time doing makeup. I try to encourage people um, to love the skin that they in, no matter what, because at the end of the day, you know, you are the one that got to deal with it, not nobody else. Like, I know it's hard because I'm a social media person and you have to have tough skin dealing with social media. So with that being said, um, I just want people to never give up on what they do. And you're you know, not on I, I have it. social media, Mika, not to cut, cut you off, but oh, that's right. I, when I was, um, you know, I had the makeup launch party, you came out. You know, you came out and yeah, I'm a I'm a very big supporter for anybody that I believe in. If I believe in you and God bring me to you to for God bring us together for a reason and and I, and the vibe is there, I will definitely come to support no matter where you are. It I'll come to support as long as it's handicap accessible. <laughs> I'll come to support. I'll come to support. But yeah. You, you know, you took, you know, the time in a wheelchair, you know, get out, present yourself and do all of that. And, you know, that speaks volumes um, to me. And I think, you know, this, you know, a wake up call to other people. Like we make so many excuses and we have so many blessings that we take for granted. You know, you weren't always in a position. So I know it was really, you know, a challenge for you, you know, to, you know, be in a chair. Um, and, you know, to still push yourself to keep, you know, going with your talent. I mean, um, I'm just so amazed at your resilience, you know, to see you out there at my makeup launch party, moving around, you know, um, looking beautiful, looking graceful and stunning, a positive attitude, your energy level, you know, I could imagine, like, when I have a bad day or my body is, I find resilient as to why. I would not want to do something. I know that's normal. That's human nature that if you're not feeling well, if you're not, you know, your body isn't, you know, a hundred percent, if you're not feeling well, of course you want to pull out. Your body wants to rest, you know, feeling disgusting, whatever. But when I think, you know, you or and how and beautiful and well spoken you were, I was just, you know, so amazed. And even when you came and you helped my business out at the mall, um, at, mm. at the area mall. And, you know, I have fell short of the help because, you know, I'm a single mom and I'm out here, you know, hustling, you know, trying to do this, put things together. And I needed somebody that I could rely on, somebody that was knowledgeable and somebody that I could trust, you know, to come out and represent the band for me. And when I, um, the brand for me, and when I pulled on several people, you know, you know, they weren't there for me. People that I knew and that ride out for me. Oh, I'm not looking for a hand. But Tamika, mm -hmm. who had the setup in order, I said, well, Tamika, I'm going to come get you. She like, Keisha, you can come get me. I have a specialized, you know, chair. You just can't. Yeah. And I'm going to be still okay. I still can. <laughs> you can. I still can. You I still can. Because you needed somebody. And I said, I'll do it. I'll come. I needed, you needed somebody and I wasn't doing nothing. Get me out the house. That's what I was, that's basically. <laughs> but I'm sorry, lady, that, that's beautiful because like me and Keisha were just talking about, 
a lot of women don't do that for each other. We'd rather yeah. see each other fail. We'd rather be like, ah, oh, girl, I told you she wasn't about nothing. She's so unprofessional and backbiting. So that, y'all, I think that is beautiful. Like, kudos to the both of y'all, because women, especially Black women, y'all know we don't do that for each other. We rather we sit for the downfall of one another. And that's the problem with the um, beauty community as we speak about that to this day. It's be like, they, everybody's be so quick that, oh, we need to uplift each other, but it's us our skin color, our skin tone, that's making it hard for each other. Like there are so many brands out here. She has a brand, I have a brand. Why wouldn't I wanna see her grow just as well as I'm grown? You know, and there's a lot of women that don't wanna see another, another black woman don't wanna see another black woman grow. And that's so sad when we're all single mothers and we did what we had to do to get where we're at. And I don't understand it. That was one of the reasons why I make makeup underdogs too because there were women starting out doing their makeup, beginners didn't, you know, just doing simple things and stuff. And they would get bashed in these other makeup groups, you know, to the point I just used to see. And I used to be like, that's not fair because you got to remember just because you all that now, remember where you came from when you first started out doing makeup and how people treated you. So why would you treat that person the same? Why would you do that to people? So I'm a type of person that I, I love supporting people. I like each one, teach one, teach me because there's things that I might not know that you know, just because I'm in the business and I've been in the business for a long time, things change, Te techniques change. So why not learn from each other and help grow each other? I want to build business women. Yeah, absolutely. That's I, my, that's that's networking, like you Definitely. being spiteful, you could keep yourself from so many blessings because like you said, I might not, I don't do makeup, but I might be able to get you in touch with somebody who needs their makeup done. And you might not, you know, you might know somebody that I might need for another project that you do their makeup. You by by cutting people off by being spiteful, you are blocking your own blessings. Like there's so many things that I can learn from each one of you ladies individually that like I said, like you said, as a community, as women, we don't look at I want to see everybody eat. There's so yeah. much money out here. There's no need for me to be like, oh, well, I can't put my, my sister on because I want, you can't spend it all anyways. And you, I'm not going to get it all. I agree. And that's, I what agree. We, that's what we have to get more comfortable with. And this is why we have to have more, you know, um, conversations. And we as sisters have to stop getting offended when we're friending. And we have to bring up those things that make us feel uncomfortable and address it so we could agree or disagree to agree and move forward and continue to, you know, support one another. So right. um, that's what, it's enough out here for all of us. Everybody who has, I know young ladies who have you know, lip gloss brands and stuff like that. I'll see them and I'll buy a lip gloss. I'll support or do whatever because I'm not, you're not my competition, sis. You have your wave and I have my wave. Your makeup company is based on, you, know, you have your own niche. I have my own niche. We got to stop. My customers and your customers are not the same base. Exactly. That's, we, like, that's, like, that's like saying, okay, well, I'm an older woman, so I'm gonna sell. You know, all all my my customers, they're not gonna do Bath and Body Works, whereas older women might do Macy's. And we're com we're a completely different ball game, sis. Don't look at me as a threat. As a matter of fact, I might be like you said, I can learn some things from you. Mm -hmm. 
because y'all know how to work technology and y'all know how to get that, you know, that young eye or whatever. I'm not coming for your, I'm not coming for you or any of your money, but you're teaching me things that I didn't know before that might help me out. The beauty industry is a billion dollar industry. Billions. We spend yes. more money on lip gloss and bonnets and things to make us look good than anybody else in the world. I mean, everybody in the in the beauty industry is monopolizing off of the black dollar because we are the ones who buy from the we are the ones who buy all the most products and do all of this kind of and stuff. Like and they know the that. They know that. That's the reason why they made darker foundations now and all of that. Exactly. Like, let's be clear. We're the trendsetters. Um, came out with Fenty. They, then they started doing the same thing. As soon as she came out with all this colorful, darker tone foundations and stuff that don't have just a red base tone or whatever and whatnot. That's what they started doing. Just yeah, like the, I, I forget what the girl's name is, but she came up with the Crayola box with the big bright pigments for the eyeshadows and stuff like that. Everybody else started talking about doing. Super. You talking about Super? Yeah. With the crayon case? Yeah. yeah. Like everybody after her was on it. Oh, we got to do the bright pig because everybody can't wear it. If you look at it, and let's take it out of, let's just take it out of makeup. Body, body contouring, Brazilian butt lips, lips, hips, injections. Everybody wants to look like us. Getting tanned to make their skin they look better. All they of that. They want to look like us. They want to look like us so bad it's crazy. So, Mika, question: How is it? You know, I know you got your own your own brand and everything. Mm-hmm. How fun time and how hectic is it? Because you have some um, real high name, high end makeup artists and this makeup underdog and all of this stuff. Some of those beats and some of this stuff that I see, you guys do all kind of themes. You guys do holiday. Girl, you had Halloween, you had the web, all these girls. How many people in that? It'd be a lot sometimes. Like normally what we do in Makeup Underdogs is like there's so many of like professional makeup artists and brand owners that is following inside the inside the group. Super's actually one of them. And she got a lot of crayon cuties that's in in there. And so it was, you know, Color Rain and um, Beauty Bakery. There's a lot of brands that's in my group that, you know, and people that PR for them, just like I do PR. We, it'd be a lot. Like some people do a lot of collabs together. Like what we do in Makeup Underdogs is I'll get grabbed like 18 to 20 girls every week. And we come up with a, a look every week. And it's a, like basically like a challenge. Like we started back to bad weekly challenges and makeup underdogs too, where people can do a look that we post in the group and whoever gets the most votes win the win. And like, instead of the flyer of makeup underdogs being presented, it'll be their face presented every week. And um, with me, with the beauty collabs, we do those every week where we sometimes we come up with things, especially when Halloween come or Christmas come and stuff like that. We'll come up with a theme and we'll just do a thing, me and the me and my couple of AMAs that help with help with it. And we come up with things, it'd be fun. Sometimes we get some crabby patties that don't finish the look or something. <laughs> and then we get ones that be scared, but you know, we help them out or whatever. But other than that, it's all about having fun. You know what I mean? Because for real, for real, makeup is really an art. Like instead of painting it on the like, it's like really coloring in the coloring book. Like if you go, if you ever colored in the coloring book, basically your face is the coloring book. If you do clients, you know, it's just, that's what it is. It's fun. 
I, it's a, it's therapy. Makeup is my therapy. I like it. Like it, it changed me a lot from being yep. in this wheelchair, from being depressed and almost Wrong trying way. to commit suicide. What? Hold on. I'm, I'm trying to talk over you. Go ahead. Repeat that. I got to come back real back. I'm sorry. Um, when I first got ill and they told me I'd never walk again and I was partially paralyzed, I almost tried to kill myself in front of my children. And I thought about it at first and said, who's going to take care of my kids? Right. Wow. So I ended up getting some help. And I went to go see a therapist and I got some help, which was the best thing that I could have ever did. I think everybody needed a therapist. But yeah. I, that was yeah. the best thing that I could have yeah. ever did. And I felt great about it. She brought, she helped me bring my self-esteem back up to where it was when I was walking, you know, but then now it's even higher because I thought my life was over because I was, you know, I, I was, I woke up, it felt like a dream. I literally was just walking and I woke up and I couldn't feel my legs anymore. So it was well, like, Keisha, it was a nightmare. Keisha, that goes back to what we were talking to about black women being able to be vulnerable, black women being able to cry, black women not being strong. We are always expected to be strong. And then when right. something happens and we don't, cause we've never been taught, okay, bad things can happen to us and this is how you handle them when yeah. bad things happen to us we don't know how to handle it and we you know you can be anything in the black community but mentally unstable that's, that's why fact. we don't go out and get help that's why we don't go out you know you can even be a pedophile oh those don't put the kids around that uncle that's okay but when you're mentally unstable now we don't want to talk about it but that's another story for another day but queen i'm so happy that you got help your testimony will be that and like Makeup is therapy, and I'm glad it's therapy for you, and you're amazing at your work. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's an amazing testimony, Tamika. That's why I wanted everybody to hear that, that, you know, in life, you know, you are going to encounter some challenges. Sometimes you have to regroup. Sometimes, you know, life just throws you a fucking... <laughs> throws you for a loop you never know you know what is going to happen but it's not you know what happens to you is how you you know handle what happens to you and yes you see the successful woman right here beautiful talented managing all these makeup companies doing outstanding PR work but she has something that changed her life happened to her and yes she felt like at that present time, like most, um, you know, black women and women feel in general, you know, like it's the end because you were told your entire life that you have to be so much stronger than everybody else, that you can't fold, that it's no mental illness in our community. You don't have that. You can't feel bad. You can't you can't be a wimp oh you gotta man up you can't do this you can't do that you're not mentally ill it's nothing it's no outlet that it ain't no therapist in the hood you don't go to therapy well shit we ain't got half the time we didn't know we couldn't afford it we didn't know that, that we didn't talking. know we couldn't afford it but we can yeah we didn't know that even when we were getting on medicaid when some of our parents was on medicaid and food stamps that they had therapy in there but we yeah. didn't know but yeah, even, even if there are, some, I mean, in 2022, there are parents that know that. And there's still, I have seen parents, excuse me, literally tell their children, ain't shit wrong with you. Yeah. You don't know that. Kids these days are growing up. In, there's a lot of kids that can be so right now. So many. So many so young, many. so many young girls 
young girls. It's crazy. First of all, body imaging. Like if you're not a perfect size 10 or if you don't have the perfect boot, it's so much worse than when we're growing up. Yeah, we got made fun of when we were a little skinny or we were a little chunky, but now you with Instagram and Facebook and everything, if you don't oh, look they wanna way, they wanna have the fake butts, the big chest, the, the they wanna have and the then let's not even talk about colorism in our community because yes, if you're not light skinned with good hair, yeah, it's over for you. I'm a, I'm, I'm a pretty chocolate woman. Now I feel that way. But growing right. up, I got made to feel awful because I was not light. I got made to feel yeah. awful because I had kinky hair. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, it was opposite with me. It was about, it was because I'm tall. I'm so, because I'm tall. So I was always teased. Oh, she's, you too tall. You too big to play with me as a kid. You know, like I used to be like, and, I, and when I grew up and everybody else grew up, I used to tell their friend, my friends, I used to be like, you don't know what y'all used to say to me as a kid, heard it? Because mm-hmm. we were the same age because I was taller than y'all used, y'all used to tell me I couldn't play with y'all because I was too big. Like, I was only tall. Like, I didn't understand that, you know, but these kids definitely are really, I recommend everybody needs to, to see a therapist because you don't know what's going on inside your child's head when things happen to them and they get picked on growing up. Like, because these kids nowadays are ridiculous. And that's why there's so many kids that's um, committing suicide now because it's ridiculous. It's internet bullying and it's like, it's, it's internet so- bullying. You get, you know, like there was, I think it was a um, case of a young girl where the boy pretended to like her and he asked her for some inappropriate pictures and her and her little young feeble mind, she sent him. And as a cruel joke, he sent all these other pictures out. Wow. Yeah. I know some, I know somebody's um, son that did that to a girl. And, and she didn't know that he did it, and she put him on blast on uh on social media. Oh, you know, I'm 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 a completely different kind of parent. I'm not gonna put you on blast. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have the cops come to your house because that's porn. Right. <laughs> First of all, I, yeah, I'm that type of parent too. I'm coming to your house. <laughs> and then if mom didn't know what he was doing, I'm gonna beat her like she should have beat him. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fact. Because I'm coming to the houses. Because I need to know why he acting like this. Exactly. So to me, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Toya. Go ahead. I mean, but once again, there are not a lot of parents out there like that anymore, which is why our community is the way that it is, which is why a lot of young girls get treated the way that they do. Right. It is. Now, Tamika, how did that affect your family, that transition from you? You know, how, how did that affect you, you know, mothering and, you know, all that kind of stuff? Well, when I was walking, um, I used to take my sons all the time to the grocery store and show them how to get groceries and, and take them with me when I go pay the bills. And I would just do little conversations with them like this is when you get older and you have your own place, this is what you're going to do when you get bigger. So when they were nine and 11 when I got sick. So it was scary for them. And, you know, they've been through it. Like my boys been through a lot because they used to hear, oh, that's why your mom can't walk. And they used to get suspended so much in school where we, um, 
where to the point where the, the principals at the schools and stuff used to like get in trouble, like get the, get the kids that would tease them about me, you know? Um, they, my sons are very well, um, know how to handle everything. They're, they're 27 and 29. They all, they both got their own houses. They, um, when it came, when it come to family, they know they help. Wow. Wow. And you have a daughter, you have a daughter as well, right? Yes. I have two daughters. My one daughter, my youngest is 22 and she got lupus. I need to draw. Wow, and that's going on. That's going on big in our community too, more at a higher rate than ever. She wow. got diagnosed so at fourteen, and she's twenty-two now. So I have to be a better role model for her, so show her to not give up on life. Right. I don't know how she feels with having lupus, but I can imagine when I see the look on her face, when I see what she goes through. Yeah, we 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 have our little ups and downs, but I would never have her in a situation where she where she wouldn't need me she will always need me no matter what i will always be there for her no matter what wow so you you know you have your share of you know ups and downs and everything and you still you know and this is what i want other young ladies to go that's a beautiful testimony um all the way around because not only is it you know you overcoming your challenges and now you know you have a daughter that is 22 years old and you know she she has a situation and now you, you see you see it's funny how God will prepare you for certain things you know and it's just like you said you got to be an example for her you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying and then she has a marvelous example because she could say look my mother is still you know, this is giving her all the more push and fight. And this is why I wanted your story on here because the name of the show, hi everybody. We, you know, this is your girl, Black Glory. And we have our lovely guests. We are on Sador Radio. Um, shout out to everybody in Sador land who's listening, all the little girls, all the mothers and women that's out there on the front line, all our kings and men. Uh, we are talking to um, Tamika Lache. We got Latoya Howard and we got myself, Black Glory here. We are talking about some real tough issues that, you know, Black women and people in our community have had to deal with and overcome. And this is an amazing story. And this is one of resilience because you life still goes on. You know, things are going to be set back. You're going to get a fork in the road. I've met so many in my own time. But, you know, if we, you know, encourage each other, band together, and you know, pull together, communicate more, love on each other, and drive away, you know, drive drive away from hate and, and competition. We could sincerely move forward, you know, as women and empower each other and encourage each other. Um, it's just amazing talking to you, um, Tamika. It's been about the display. So tell us about what you're gonna do with Pamper Me Glam, how we can reach out to you for some of your products. Um, you know, some of the stuff that's coming up with you. I know you and I talked about some makeup classes. Um, have you, you know, gotten anywhere further with that? And I'm still going to link up with you on that stuff. Um, and we did, you know, this is around our timeline. We did say March or April. So it seemed like it's going to come, come to effect, but I know that you're hella busy. I've been busy. Tell us, you know, what's up and coming, what's next? What can we look forward to seeing more uh, from you, your brand, and, you know, some of the ladies that you work with? Um, well, Pamper Me Glam just got a whole new upgraded look, so it's going to be a little bit more blingage, 
blinged out and everything. You know, I've only been in the business for five and a half months, going on six now. So it's, um, I sell glitters that I make and mix myself, chunky glitter, fine glitter. I have um, gem rhinestones. I sell, I sell lashes. I got lip gloss. Um, I sell, um, I sell a couple of things. I sell, I have a um, oil cleansing, makeup remover to remove your makeup and it doesn't clog your pores and it's all, it's oil cleansing it's like the new wave now instead of because I got tired of using makeup wipes they irritate my skin and I got very bad sensitive skin so it irritates me so the oil cleansing's a plus I, I sell brush cleaner soap where you clean your brushes and I got the drive um cleaner soaps um stuff I have a lot of other things coming into play um with the upgrade in the update, I restarted my PR team all over again because I had girls that was on the PR that wasn't promoting the brand. Like if you're put, this is how I feel. If you're on this person's platform promoting their palette and that, and I'm just because I don't have a palette and you figure, oh, it's just some glitter, some lashes, promote it. If you, if you, I, I asked you, did you want to promote? You said, yes, you agreed to the contract. Why are you not promoting? because everybody want free stuff and then don't want to, they want to give you like one or two looks and keep it moving. No. So I had to update the, um, those ones alone and get better people they that want to promote to see the brand grow. So with that being said, you'll, you're going to see some great things coming with Pamper Me Glam. You know, like I said, I'm only, I'm still new to the cosmetic um, part of it owning my own cosmetic line. And cause I'm trying to come out, I want to come out with a palette and some blush and stuff, but that's like in the more down the road. But right now we just did the update and the updated look of the brand and everything. And it's very beautiful. I love it. I love it. So rewind. <laughs> you said something that us black women need to know because we love dipping and dabbing in makeup and everything. But the main thing that we overlook is the skincare part of it because makeup can, you know, damage your skin, clog your pores. I've had issues with hormones where I got bumps and I get a lot of black marks and everything. Mm. And you provide a whole skin regimen. You, 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 your brand provides more skincare. And I, and I work with, I work with um, younger ladies in their teens and all of that. And that's when they're transitioning from puberty, you know, mm. going through this. So it's a lot more reflective on their skin. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of the young girls, um, you know, they are wearing, you know, full foundations and full makeup and everything. And I, the girls that I deal with, of course, they perform, they dance and do all of that. But unfortunately, and I need to add this to my brand, you know, my brand is more like an introductory um, brand to make up for young ladies and teenagers and everything. But the main thing I see is that a lot of the young girls, you know, are having dry skin, you know, not moisturizing or not exfoliating the skin because, you know, sometimes you shed and you have, and then we have, you know, um, in our black community, we have um, eczema and certain skin conditions and everything. And sometimes the parents don't address it or they don't even know, you know, those are not the things that they pay attention to or us wearing the makeup is damaging our skin. Um, 
what are some of the products? What are some of the things that you could recommend to, you know, my audience and the younger girls that's like a clean cut regimen or something that a product around the house that is going to be easy for them to apply to clean and easy for them to moisture, something like that? Okay. First and foremost, I need the young girls to stop sleeping in their makeup. That's the reason why your face is damaged. Do when you put your makeup on, do not fall asleep in your makeup. Second of all, I need everybody. That's I, I'm doing all of this because I am the fall asleep and my makeup and trying to lead that shit on. I fall asleep in your makeup. Stop that. That's what you're gonna do. Stop it. Toya, how about you? Do you leave your makeup on? How you do, Toya? That is the main reason I do not wear makeup because I will I'll go straight to sleep in my makeup. I have yeah, take um, it off. Take it off. It's pretty as it looks. You gotta take it off. I, I do have eczema and I do have really, really dry skin. I, that's why I always sugar scrub everywhere because it, it gets bad. So I know like if I wear makeup, which is very rarely, but when I do, I'm always gonna I just I, I'm lazy like that. I'm so lazy when it comes to taking it off. I have eczema as well, and I have made a body butter to cure my eczema because my eczema used to be real raw right here, and I used to have a burn mark from here down all the way I down to here. And I started making my my grandmother's lotion into a body butter, and I used it. I use it twice a day, every day, twice a day, and it cleared everything. I don't have no eczema marks or nothing. Well, what are some of the ingredients? So, and then tell us how we get that. Um, I can make it for you. I can okay. make it for All you. All right, we can't care. But is it, I mean, is it, is it a, is it a host of natural? It's all natural? Is it all natural, Toya? I mean, um, Tamika, is it all natural? Is what I'm yes, saying. Yes, everything's all natural and organic. Okay. I, don't, I okay. don't do no chemicals okay. whatsoever. And even in my when I do my skincare, I don't do no chemical in my skincare. And um, when I do the skincare, I use um, a soap that I make with goat's milk and um, get, I put honey in it, you know, the oils, coconut okay, oils. Okay, natural you know. stuff. Okay, don't give your formula away. You're right. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm just saying like, they got that in it. Use that. No, that sounds amazing because everything is so harsh. So. Yeah, with, with eczema and you got sensitive skin, so we have to be very careful what we use yes. on our face because it'll burn. Yes, immediately. On our face, chemical-wise, like how they say Neutrogena, dermatology <laughs> test, it feels like your face is on fire. Right. It, that's just that's a bunch careful. of alcohol, probably. And, and, and so- I've never been able to use is Ambi for like, for the for years, that's the only thing I've been able to use. But I yeah, I used to use that when I was in my um, late teens, early twenties. I used to use that because I used to have like, I got permanent, like a permanent dark mark, like right here. And I used to, and it would, I would use it and it'll clear up. But when it comes to the face washes, burn my face up as I got so older. So what do you prescribe? You know, some people say witch hazel or whatever. What do you what do you prescribe? What do you prescribe for, you know, for a young lady, you know, just a simple wash that I could recommend to them that's, you know, pretty much harmless, but still will do a great cleaning. Oh, okay. Well, like for the younger girls, um, I think like uh, what is that you used to use when you was a teenager? Clean and clear. Clean and clear. That's good for teenagers. Perfect for teenagers. It's um I forget morning and night burst. Morning and night burst is very good 
for teenagers. Okay, that's good. And, um, so I recommend that. And moisture? For moisturizer, I would just say like uh, just a regular moisture, regular moisturizer, like a Pond's Coke, you know, Pond's or whatever. It ain't not too much of it though, because they're teenagers. They, they're young. So not too much of a, too much of it, but a, a nice little coat of it, massaging their skin. Uh-huh. They'll do good. And tell awesome. them to drink water. water That's the main thing. Water and eat, if, you know, eat a fruit is the key to keep your skin looking more healthy and glowy. There's some adults that won't drink water. <laughs> yeah, a lot of adults don't drink water neither. Yeah, well, us as women, we got to, you know, drink water, you know, and flush the toxins out. And we got a lot of components to keep this machine running. So mm-hmm. we definitely don't want it to dry out. That's the main thing, you know, that's detrimental to women. So including myself, I do need to drink a lot more water. I have my period um, periods where I drink an a, a enormous amount of water. And then sometimes I'm just like a sugar fanatic, but, you know, life is about balance. And so we yeah. all got to learn how to, you know, incorporate and balance and everything and, you know, speak love and life and eat good and healthy and all of those things. But sometimes, you know, you know, like we said, it's a balance. So how do we, um, Mika, how do holla out your, you know, your social media information and all of that how do they reach you what if it's a you know a young lady you know aspiring to be a makeup artist like yourself or a cosmetologist or anything what advice would you you know give to them what encouraging words can you say to them right now how would they reach you if they you know needed a mentor or like you know you've come to my rescue so many times and helped me with a lot of pertinent information and assistance how you know, what would you say to them? And, you know, how do we reach you? Um, what I would say to them is, first, I would ask them, what were they trying to do in the with the in the in field that they want to do? Like, if they wanted to do makeup or do hair. And what I would do, I would tell them to don't give up. You know, never, that's that's my, my thing. Just to never go, never go up, never give up and do the best that you can do. Do the best that you can do and never give up when you, on what you want to achieve in your life. Um, yeah, I keep talking. Keep talking. I'm, um, you can I'm, find I'm me talking. on um, Facebook and Instagram by Tamika Lachey. That's T-A-M-E-K-K-A-L-A-C-H-E. Um, I'm that all over all social media, all platforms. That's just my name, all on platforms. You can reach me at Tamika Lachey at iCloud.com. That's my Gmail, my business Gmail, if you want to look me up. But I do, I don't mind helping. I do mentorships for, for people. So I don't mind um, giving tips, tricks, you know, anything. I just, you know, I want the person who ever come to me to do the work. Don't, don't give up on yourself. Don't one minute you, you know how some people get distracted. One minute they okay with it and the next day, boom, here comes something else and then they get distracted. And then here comes something else, they get distracted. <laughs> You got to stay focused. Um, I guess that's it. I think that uh, Keisha is on a call. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. 
I, I think she is. So where are you located? I'm located in Georgia, in Stone Mountain, Georgia. Okay. And do you do like, um, I guess like maybe if there were girls looking to get like their makeup done for prom, do you do prom specials or anything like that? Yes. Yeah, I do all. I do proms, weddings, reg, you know, birthdays. I do one-on-one classes. I do virtual classes through um, through either um, Facebook Messenger or Zoom, whatever they prefer. I um, I definitely have a mentorship program for mentors. It's a, a year program to help them out, you know, step-by-step learning about color theory or whatever, whatnot, step-by-step, how to do skincare, how to apply makeup, everything, tips, tricks, don't do's, do-do, everything, you know, so I'm just trying to get my name out here in Atlanta. I've been living here for about 13 years, so that's all. And how long have you been doing makeup? I've been doing makeup for uh, on and off for about 13 years, but I've been full, full, full doing it for about a good seven. And what made you say, hey, you know what, I, I really, was it the the therapy of it all after the, the medical diagnosis, or did you just say, I'm going to get serious about my craft and go full throttle? What made you say, I'm, I'm ready now? It was basically a little bit of both where, you know, like I, when I first got ill, I just thought life was over for a hot minute. Like I can't do hair no more. You know, I had a, my, I had, I had a salon. So I was like, I can't do hair no more. I got to close the salon down and I got to like, I ain't know what to do. And then my son, my oldest son introduced me to YouTube. You know, after like my brother, my baby brother passed away in 2010. And I had like a real bad nervous breakdown over it because I basically raised my brother and he passed away at a young age. He was so young when he died. And my son introduced me to YouTube and I started watching a lot of YouTube videos and I would watch them, I would watch them. He was like, just do your clients when they come get their hair done and make videos and stuff. So he taught me how to edit the video and stuff like that and break it down and everything. And I was doing here on there at first. And then I seen somebody, uh, one of my nurse was doing, came in and she had a full, like a nice, a nice glam look on her. And I said, oh, your makeup is so cute. So it went from there. She took me to Ulta and we, I got my makeup done and I started watching all the girls and I started doing this. And don't get me wrong, when I was a hairstylist, I would get, I would put apply lashes on girls and stuff like that, but I never was the foundation eyeshadow type. I always, I knew how to do lashes. I knew how to do um, lashes. I would, when I used to go out, I used to do lashes, lip liner, lip gloss, that was it. I start doing makeup, makeup until I was like 33. <laughs> See, and that's, a, like that's another great thing. Well, no, that's another great thing. A lot of women don't get into makeup for real until they're older. At, at yeah. least that's what I've noticed. We don't get it because we just really don't have the time to do it. We're so busy being mothers and being well. So by the time we're in our like late thirties, early our kids are older. We have time. To well, shit. Out. When am I going to learn how to do it? When I'm sixty? <laughs> like, uh, all this funny. shit I got here, I'll be like, "What the hell do I be doing?" That's why I can't <laughs> wait till you start giving these classes, girl. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start the classes. We're gonna definitely talk about that because you know I had that death, so that's what stopped it. That's well, what made it come back. You know, my you know when my brother, my, my other brother died. 
in January. Yeah. I know. So, that was crazy. Well, see, no, that yeah. actually leads me into the, you know, the perfect segue for my next question, which was, you know, then because a lot of older women, myself included, did not learn how to do our makeup later, what would you suggest for us? Because makeup for us is completely different. We can't do all them loud, crazy colors that them young girls do. No, but we don't, I would teach only but teach we don't want to look boring. The basics like I got on right now, this is basic. I would teach all the basics. Unless you want to learn the eyeshadows, because I got some older women that like the eyeshadow when they watch me when I go live on Facebook and, oh, I want to learn how to do the cut crease. What is that? And I want to learn how to do this and apply. I teach, I teach the older women the basics what to do, what not to do when you're at home and apply your makeup. Yes, there are things like hooded hooded eyeshadows, which I've heard, or hooded eyeshadows, whatever. Hooded eyes, I'm I have hooded eyes. I have me too, eyes. and I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what that means, but all right, that just makes it more complicated. All, basically, a lot of, all Black women got hooded eyes. Hooded eyes is where, I, I'm going to give you an example. You see that we got that extra skin when we open up our eye that right in mm -hmm. here. Yeah, that's where that that's the hooded eye part. Some women are lucky with that they don't have it and they can just do a cut crease like. But the women like us that got hooded eyes doing a cut crease, you gotta make sure you do it right. And it's not gonna happen overnight with a cut crease. It's gonna take some years just to exactly. perfect it. Perfect. <laughs> oh, because I have like gave simple. up. I've, I've, you know, I watched the YouTube and shit, and I'll be like, Lord, have mercy. Yeah, I'm out of here looking like bones on the ground one more damn time. Eyeliner, mascara, lip gloss, and that's 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 what we doing. Yeah, like I don't recommend no <laughs> beginner to do a cut crease unless you want to be taught step by step, and that I mean step by step, literally step by step by step, and you got to take the classes. It ain't gonna be no one class; it's gonna be multiple classes because I want to see. Because then I'm a, and I'm gonna give you homework, and I want to see. Send me a picture. If it's not done, I'm gonna tell you to take it off and do it over. Like I'm one of them type teachers. You're a teacher, teacher. Yes. I love like, it. And I, I love it. That's why I want to offer this to young ladies. There's so many talented young ladies right now that yes. are, you know, in our communities and stuff that really, you know, have a niche for this makeup thing. And they, you know, they're young. They're trying it out. I, I don't know how many young ladies that I've met that even yesterday when I was at the fashion show, I had all these little girls that I seen. Shout out to my uh, my sis, uh, Trends Renee, she had the Runway on Fire uh, modeling show. It was lit yesterday. And it was so many talented little girls with their own businesses and everything. But the thing of it is, I just seen so many little girls with palettes in their hands getting on each other's makeup. And I was like, look how good this is. Look, if we had, you know, classes, and this is a great opportunity because like we said, um, makeup is a billion dollar industry looking good and everything women we love to do that we love to feel pretty and be affirmed and all of that it would be a great thing if we had a makeup class for teens and and tweens and stuff like that so Tamika I'm really you know so excited about and so proud of you know what you Toya all of us have been you know really working hard and doing I look forward to you know having that meeting you know with all of us so we could sit down and talk about how we could bring this, you know, this to free fruition in the next couple of months. Yeah, you know I'm gay. I know. I'm gonna you all for the, the betterment of us, especially to show that you know, black. You know, I'm, like, I'm with it. Was where we gonna go? Where we gonna have the venue? Where we going? 
Yeah, so I'm going to be putting together um, real soon. I haven't launched the Princess Academy, but that'll be the first set of makeup classes and tutorials and everything. But I am going to be putting together um, Pretty Princess Awards, and I'm hoping that June, July. Um, I do have a venue that we are going to have it at and everything. And I do have a venue that's not too close for us where we could have the cl um, classes. It's beautiful pink event hall. It's going to be great. Uh, but I'm going to, what I'm going to do with the brand is I'm going to give all the little models and everybody that I worked with, I'm going to have the Pretty Princess Awards and give them all, you know, honors. And we're going to, you know, roll out the red carpet. It's going to be a big extravaganza. And by then, I hope to have the Pretty Princess palette because I did have a palette in my for my brand. I do have a glorious palette, but that is, you know, something that was manufactured and we just put glorious on it. But I actually, you know, want to have my own palette um, for this brand. And hopefully you could, you know, help me work on it and we get to work out, you know, a few things and go, you know, a little bit further. But did you get to, I'm sorry, I had a little bit of distraction. You know, I'm still um, keeping it real and I'm still mommy and still doing a couple of things behind the scene. Did you give out your social media, how everybody can reach you? Yeah, and I did. Okay. And Toya, um, what about you, hon? Did you give out your social media handles and, you know, how we can um, reach you? And everybody, Toya is going to um, um, come on to be um, my co-host. We're going to be doing a lot of this Queens and uh, um, from Princesses to Queens together. So y'all get familiar with Toya. We're going to be, you know, going out and doing with some different things we're gonna be going out to events and lives and doing stuff we're gonna we're gonna be in studio and doing all of that we got some up and coming stuff so look forward to her you know co-hosting or even when i'm not available she'll be still carrying on and hosting the show the show is only one the third sunday of every month unfortunately last week um you know um i was busy so um, you know, this week we, we did it. So, you know, just look out for us. We'll have, um, you know, some guest hosts. We'll be doing a lot of different stuff, but we're going to be talking more makeup, more pretty, more politics and stuff like that. Um, uh, we're going to even, you know, have artists like Tamika and other artists, you know, beat our face so we could, when we go in the studio, so we could, you know, promote their brands and promote their talent when we do, you know, go into the studio session when it's really and like we always like action. to look good we always like to look good i know that's yes. right and um and for everybody out there sador land um you know my brand is pretty princess cosmetics our mission is to you know encourage and empower um young ladies in our community that beauty is not only on the outside it's on the inside that matters the most that you are confident that you are intelligent, that you are well-spoken, that you pay attention, that you listen, that you are God-fearing, and that will radiate on the outside. If you want to get any of our products, we have a wonderful array of products. We have our own signature lip gloss. We have handmade um, lip gloss. We have eye glitter. We have palettes. We have you know, edge brushes, we have onesies, we have bonnets, we have all things pretty. We sell jewelry and accessories. And most of all, we do have a pretty princess box. So if you have any teenagers, young ladies who want to get a dance kit that comes in the box, you get lip gloss, eye glitters. We have, um, we don't have foundations, but we do have concealers. We have glitter, we have MAC, 
we have eyeshadow individuals we just have we have hair bows we have everything pretty um you can visit my website that is i am pretty me once again i am pretty me on instagram my business is pretty princess underscore cosmetics if you just want to holler at me on my regular page um and see what kind of life i'm about i am black underscore glory um on facebook we are glorious cosmetics pretty princess um and then um if you just want to holler at me on facebook i'm lakeisha buckley but i always promote my business and most of all um, I promote what God has brought me through in my whole life. Rest in peace to my beautiful mother who passed away in January unexpectedly. She was my rock. She oh, held me down. I'm so sorry. She encouraged me so much. She was my backbone. Um, she just blessed me in so many ways. Um, her continuously being in my ear, her being a rock, her being stern with me her, you know, dealing with me on so many levels. And she had a wonderful testimony herself overcoming her drug addictions and all of these things um, to really taking care of her family. Um, I was so blessed to have a mother um, like her. She mothered her own way. She was like hell of a street mom, hella funny, hella, hella all of that. The community really stepped up and stepped out to honor her. And I will never, ever, ever come across the love that her and my beautiful grandmother um, and the goals and all of the attributes that they um, instilled in me. That is where I get my beautiful black melanated skin. That is where I get the courage and the strength to, you know, get out here and be all that um, I could be and all that God ordained me to be. Um, to all of my beautiful spiritual leaders at my outstanding church, Bishop Flynn Johnson, Lady Carolyn Johnson, the First Lady, my spiritual mothers, Lisa, Beverly Wynn, my entire connection group. Yes, I am thug. I am hood. But first of all, I am God. <laughs> and that's like manifested in the flesh. So I appreciate all of those who pray for for me who prayed with me and I even thank my enemies who pray against me because I would not be me if it wasn't for you we will be back on the scene in the next month on that third Sunday from 4 to 6 p.m we will be everybody download this app stay on Sador Radio next up is my girl queen my sister I love dearly my ride or die Fatima she up next with uncensored she gonna be popping her shit doing her, singing her rap, what she do. Y'all stay tuned because she messy as fuck and we wouldn't have it no other way. But we love messy. Right. Y'all go ahead and go to my website, get some goodies. Say bye, girls. Bye. bye. Thanks for having me. All right. Love you guys. Y'all be safe, productive, and prosperous. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate you. Yes, the kind of the feelings.